thank you for another opportunity to be in your presence. I ask, oh God, that even as your word comes, lives will be transformed and destinies realigned according to your will. Have your way in the lives of your people and let grace be released now and forevermore. In the mighty, matchless name of the Lord Jesus, we call it done. Amen. Please resume your seats. Last week, those who were here, I began a series on changing the mind or change the mind or mind shift. I made you understand that simply because we have entered a new year does not mean that things are going to be different because if you if the input hasn't changed the output will not change if this if you do the same things that you did last year that yielded the results that you consider undesirable and you enter the new year with only hope and expectation then you will be disappointed you can change your address, change your car, change your, your bankers, change everything about you. But the only thing that if you change is of great consequence to where you end up is your mind. Somebody say your mind. Now, if you can win the battle of the mind, you can win the battle of life. And that is why the, the enemy always likes to infiltrate our minds and our thought process. Last week, um, we looked at Proverbs 4.23 uh, our scripture, our main scripture upon which we, we move. And uh, we spoke about the components of the mind. Those who remember. What was the first thing I spoke about? The components of the mind. Who remembers? Talk to me now. The intellectual or the intellect. So the intellect is the mind's library that I spoke about last week. And I made mention of the fact that a lot of Christians or a lot of people, when they come into Christ and they come into Christianity, somehow they drop the intellect part of the mind. They stop thinking, they stop reasoning, and they stop applying their faculties. But I pray for us that the Lord will give us grace to keep our intellect sharp in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout amen. Number two, we spoke about the number two component of the mind. We said imagination. Somebody say imagination. Now, the imagination we said is the mind's eye that you can tap into your imagination and create a future for yourself that physically you haven't gone into yet. You can see from the mind's perspective the possibilities surrounding you. And uh, we, we also said that people misuse their imagination. They only imagine evil. But if you can imagine good, that shall be your story. Number three, we spoke about the memory component of the mind. We spoke about number four, the emotion component of the mind. And number five, we dealt with the reason or will component of the mind. Um, if I cannot go back and deal with all these, but if you're interested in um, listening to it, I'll gladly ask you to subscribe to my podcast and you would have this sermon and others that will be a blessing to you. Amen. But today I'll be dealing with how the devil attacks the mind. Amen. There's a sequence about how he attacks the mind. But first of all, please put up Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Proverbs 4, 23. Proverbs 4, 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And last week I made you understand that the heart here speaks to the mind and the heart which are 
part of what we call the soul and so whatever you see heart in scripture it's also talking about the mind amen this says, keep your heart stroke your mind with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life if you can guard your mind you can guard whatever issue the enemy is throwing at you I, I told you last week that before a man fails in life he has already failed in his mind and I gave you the example of how many people long before they fail a mathematics test they have failed in the classroom because the moment the, the teacher or lecturer enters they have told themselves that I hate math do I have a witness here there are people who say I hate math so the moment they see dy dx they start vibrating the moment they see Venn diagram they say solve for x they say, find x then they, are, they, they have heart palpitations. And so they start failing from the very first day and not necessarily when the exams are set. Because if you will fail, it is in your mind. If you will do well, it is in your mind. I pray for you that you will do well in life and that you would guard your mind. Look at someone say, guard your mind. Now we are looking at the sequence of the enemy's attack. And I'm, I'm talking about sequence because he starts from one place and goes to another place and it follows like that. Number one, he attacks your mind with carnality. 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 First John 2.16. With carnality. Makes you focus on carnal things. Things that excite your flesh only. Things that, 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 that are sensual in nature. Things that makes your, your flesh happy. But hear me and hear me good. Anything that is designed solely for the pleasure of your flesh will lead to the distraction of your soul. Hallelujah. Anything, anything in this world designed solely for the purpose of exciting your flesh will eventually lead to the distraction of your soul. 1 John 2.16 For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but it's of the world. He infiltrates your thoughts and your mind with carnality. Makes you only focus on carnal things. Carnal things, fleshly things, things that are apparent to your eyes only. He shuts you out to the realities of the spirit so that for many of us, even though we know that the Holy Spirit is real and the Holy Spirit is with us, he ensures that we don't give too much attention to the spirit of God that Jesus himself promised will be our comforter. The enemy ensures that we keep our focus solely on carnal things, on the things our eyes can see. Feeds your mind with carnality. That is how come, somewhere, somehow, you will find that they are advertising on a billboard, um, a washing machine, and yet they will place by the washing machine a lady wearing bikini. Of what impact is the bikini to the sale of the washing machine it is to grab your attention and excite the canal part of your mind throughout scripture uh, the bible has made it clear that there's always a battle in man's life between the spirit man and the flesh as long as one is dominating the other one will be subjugated to the dominance of the of the former if your spirit man is, is alive, is sharp, is on point, is primed, then your flesh will be silenced. Now, if your flesh has a loud voice in your life, your spirit man will be silenced. When the Lord wants to communicate to a man, he does not speak to the man through the flesh. He speaks to the man through the spirit. And that is why the enemy will always fill your thoughts and your mind with carnal things so he can disconnect you from communicating with your father. 
Am I talking to somebody? Tell somebody, don't be canal. When, when you see a canal man, a man whose thoughts are filled with carnality, it shows in his desires in life. It shows in, in the things he pursues. It shows in the things he, that, that catches his attention. Ha, ha, have you ever wondered why when, when you rise up to pray, suddenly, or read your Bible, suddenly it's like you're feeling sleepy? Have you been there before? Well, I can't hear you. Have you been there before? But if a friend gives you series, that is about four seasons, each season having maybe 20 episodes. Somehow you can sit and watch one episode after the other and it's like you are more, the more you are watching, the more you want to watch. And you are alive and you are awake and you want to know what's happening. You can go five hours and you've not even eaten and you don't realize. But that same person, give the person a script and say, read and meditate for 20 minutes. Because the flesh has been heightened and the flesh has authority, carnality. What are the thoughts that fill your mind? 1 Corinthians 3 3. First way the enemy attacks the mind is to fill it with carnal things. For ye are yet carnal. For whereas among you envy, there is envying, there is strife, there is divisions. Are ye not carnal? And do you not walk as men? Put up NIV. Put up NIV as well, of the same scripture. Put up NIV. 1 Corinthians 3, 3. Whilst they look for, let me just go on. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envy and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Strive, envying also, envying also known as jealousy. When, when in your mind, you, you cannot be happy for another man's breakthrough. When in your mind, someone just got married and you cannot be excited for them. When in your mind, somebody just got a promotion at work, but you can't bring yourself to be happy for them because it is not you. When in your mind, somebody has just been recognized for something they did, but you think that they don't deserve it because it must be you. When in your mind, when another person is being celebrated, you become offended. Am I, am I communicating to somebody? When in your mind, if it is not your son or your daughter, then you are not happy about it. When in your mind, everything, that ha- everything good that happens to another person, you are not happy about. Then you, are, you have carnality. You are carnal in your mind. This Christian walk, you cannot walk optimally. You cannot strive if your mind is filled with carnal things. I was telling a man of God the other day about the reasons why I don't have a lot of friends in ministry. And I told him, you see, it, is, it will only take a carpenter to envy a carpenter and a barber to envy a barber. And a fisherman to envy a fisherman. In the same way, it takes a pastor to envy a pastor. That's why almost all my friends are old men. Because there is nothing they will envy about me. At best, they'll be happy and they will advise me. What are you talking about? There's some of you, you need to begin to reanalyze those that are in your inner circle. Because if all they bring to the table is carnality and things that excite your flesh, then there's a problem. Are you with me now? 
When was the last time your friends came to you and said, we need to pray? When was the last time they came and said, let us pray, let's hold, let, let hold hands and pray? The only conversations they have with you are carnal thoughts and carnal things. Have you heard? Did you see the dress the lady wore to church? Did you see the combination? Is that the reason why we are in church? Is that your whole focus? Is that what, what has grabbed your attention? I pray for us that the yoke of carnality will be broken over our mind in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout yes. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men or ordinary men or one of these men? As long as there is jealousy and quarreling, one of the things that sometimes you don't seem to understand is how in the same church in the same church with different departments in the church working together for one vision people in one department are fighting with people in another department and these are supposed to be people who are supposed to be spiritual and 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 holy ghost field and tongue speaking your spirituality is not measured by the loudness of your prayer your spirituality is not measured by the loudness of your tongue speaking it is measured in the fruits that you bear. For the, the bearing of these fruits, it's influenced directly by the Spirit of the living God who, who, who is upon you. And so, if you can't bear fruits of the Spirit, but you can pray the loudest, I came to disappoint you that you're a canal person. I cannot preach that one too. Can I preach that one? Hallelujah. First, Romans chapter 8 verse 5. Romans 8 5. Romans 8 5. The enemy feels the mind with canal thoughts, canal things only, canal things only, canal things only. Romans 8 5. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds on what the nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. So it is it is what your mind is set on that influences how you live. The insatiable pursuit of wealth and money is even a sign of carnality. Did you hear what I said? When you are filled with an insatiable pursuit and desire for money, it is clear that you are carnal person. What are you focused on? What is it that has grabbed your attention? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And that is why Romans 12, 2, put it up. Romans 12, 2, Paul tells us something there. Please put it up so everybody can see it. <coughs> People of God. Let's pass the mic and read it. Romans 12, 2. Yes, sir. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Yes but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Please, can we read the first uh, portion together? Ready, go. Right. One more time. Right. Amen. 
don't conform. The world has a pattern. The world has a format. It has a formula. It has a way things are done in it. It says, don't conform. Don't become a conformist. When it comes to the patterns of the world, you need to be a non-conformist so that your mind is renewed. Paul understood that if the mind is renewed, you, you, your destination is different. When, when in his mind, the Jesus and his cohorts needed to be wiped away, it was clear where his des- destination was going to be. When he had an encounter with God and a renewal of his mind, he now became an apostle of the same Jesus he was persecuting. The renewing of the mind. Hallelujah. So the first thing the enemy does in his sequence of attacks is to attack the mind with carnality. Number two. After that he has succeeded in filling the mind with carnality. He attacks the mind contextually. 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 Amen. We're having a a, a conversation or a discussion, myself, Pastor Michael, and a few others, about what constitutes affordability. This is cheap. This is expensive. What determines what is cheap? And what determines what is expensive? Hallelujah. If you are given a car and you are told the car is 20,000 CDs, is it expensive or cheap? Talk to me. If you think it's cheap, shout cheap. If you think it's expensive, shout expensive. Ready, go. If you are given a car and you are told the car is 50,000 CDs, if you think it's cheap or expensive, shout it. You are given a car and the price is 100,000 CDs. If you think it's cheap or expensive, shout it. You are given a car worth $1 million. If you think it's cheap or expensive, shout it. Do you know that it's neither cheap nor expensive, all the things I mentioned. What defines it, whether it is cheap or expensive, is you. And your ability based on your circumstance to afford it. If you mention $1 million to Elon Musk, it is nothing to him. The man is worth billions. Are you with me now? And so for him, based on where he sits, and what he's exposed to, that is cheap. Maybe based on where you sit today, 50000 is cheap. For another person, the same 50000 the same value is expensive. And that is what the enemy, what I mean by context, context. After that, he has filled your mind with carnal thoughts. Your worldview and your perspective in life becomes based solely on the carnal things he has put in your mind. Are you with me? So now, if, if somebody tells you, for example, I will kill you, and tells another person, I will kill you, these two is the same thing, but your ability to react to them will not be the same. 
to the one who is well grounded on the word of God that says no weapon formed against me shall prosper and that I will not die but live and declare the word the person knows that no man can kill me without God's permission and so you have expressed an opinion but if God is on my side you can't touch me and he walks and eats and goes about freely the next person who hears I will kill you will not sleep for five days because he's afraid if he sleeps you will die because his mind has not yet caught the revelation that God is trying to fit into the mind. So his mind is filled with carnal thoughts. The devil knows, let me keep pumping carnal thoughts into his mind. Then I can control his context in life and how he interprets things in life. Am I talking to somebody now? Joe, put up the picture I gave you. Put up the picture I gave you. What is this? What is this? Oh. Somebody said it's a baboon. What is this? It's an elephant. You know why you know it's an ele elephant? Because of where you are seated and the perspective you have. Now, if I blindfold people and they don't see it from the beginning and I were to bring this elephant in and I held their hand to this portion of the elephant. Their eyes cannot see what it is, but their hands have held something. So they are likely to tell me it's a rope. Because they can't see everything. Are you with me? If you brought another person and you touched the ear of the elephant, just the ear, say, touch this thing, shake it, what is it? They are likely to tell me it's a fan. Because their perspective is what gives them an interpretation of the information that is available to them. Now, if you are standing afar and you see the whole thing, you know this is an elephant. Are we on the same page? And that is how the enemy, one, fills you with carnality and then based on that creates a context for you to interpret things in life. Understand me well. If God is with you, no man can bring you down. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what they do. Understand that God is with you. He is in you. He's ordering your step. Once your mind is clear and you have this information, it gives you confidence as you walk day in, day out. But if you are filled with carnal things, that's all you see. Hallelujah. Number three, after he has set the context for your thinking, He makes you cynical, number three. Cynical. He makes you cynical. <clears throat> Exodus 16.3. This is the third one. We'll do the fourth one and then we are done. Number three, cynical. It makes you, he makes you cynical. Exodus 16.3. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us here out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. These are a people who were enslaved. A people who were being abused. A people who were being lashed, being used like oxen. And the Lord sends his prophet in the person of Moses to go and bring them out of Egypt to a promised land flowing with milk and honey. They get to a place and they are hungry and they start becoming cynical, start screaming and start shouting. It would have been better if we had died in Egypt. 
The same people that the Lord has rescued, same people the Lord has sent his prophet to save, they are now blaming and criticizing. When the enemy succeeds in filling your mind with carnality and creates a context for you, the next thing he does is to make you cynical. You will blame everybody for why you are failing but you. Mm. You will criticize everybody. Even when somebody is doing well, you will see a problem with it. There are people who would always criticize another person's success because other people's successes make them angry because in them, they see what they are longing and praying for that they themselves cannot have. The reason why some people hate why you are doing well is because you are doing well reminds them that they are failing. I feel like I'm talking to somebody right now. So it makes people cynics and they become critics, always blaming other people. Always recruiting men and women to hate others. Yeah. Cynics. Everybody is to blame. They will fight everybody. As long as you are fighting everybody, you will fight your enemies and fight your friends and fight your helpers and remain at the same place. Are we learning something? Exodus 16. The, the man that has come to save you, you know, you have now turned on him. Say, I wish we had died. So you see a man who has been praying for years, looking for a job. Yes, suddenly God brings a job. Two years down the line, they are better. That's, they, are, they are the same place. They have forgotten that a few years back, their prayer, Lord, give me a job. Can I go there? They've forgotten that a few years, they were praying, God, job, 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 and God has brought the job. Now they are bitter and blaming everybody. Ask somebody, are you a cynic? Are you cynical? Finally, number four, after causing you to go through all the he brings you to a place of complacency. Complacency. So years pass by. Year in, year out. You are doing the same thing. You are the same position. No change of your mind. No change of attitude. No change of character. No change of your decision-making process. No change of, 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 of the actions you take. Everything is the same, year in, year out. But every 31st night, you will come and shout the loudest and come and make the most noise, thinking that that noise and that shout alone has the potential to change anything. But if your mind is not changing and you are complacent and are doing the same thing, you end up at the same place. What are you talking about? Complacency. How are you changing something? There's got to be something about you, around you, that you are changing this year you have to change something. If you are complacent and you are okay where you are, that's fine. Some of us are not okay where we are. Some of us are longing for another dimension. Some of us are looking for something new from God. Looking for another touch from God. Some are looking for promotion. Some are looking, whatever you are looking for, you need to change something about you. If you add one to one, it will always result in two in base ten. Before you tell me ifs and buts, if you always add one to one, you will get two. What do you think? Yeah. Ask somebody, what are you changing? 
ask another, what are you changing? So number one, we dealt with, talk to me, what did we deal with? Carnality. Number two, he pushing you into a context. Number three, so context is with an X, please. Number three, makes you cynical. Number four, makes you complacent. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want you to lift up your right hand. You want to thank the Lord for his word. And you want to believe him for a shift in your mind that will bring you some blessing this year. That you will guard your mind from the arrows of the enemy. That your thinking will be right in the sight of the Lord. Please lift up your voice. Please lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. For more of these messages, please subscribe to his podcast and SoundCloud. It's Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. To interact with him, like his page on Facebook, follow him on Twitter at Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr.